last year in Indiana, more than 79,000 students graduated high school and set out to pursue their hopes and dreams. Today on Noon Edition, we are joined by four local high school seniors for our annual show in which we discuss their postgraduate plans. Transitioning from high school to adulthood is one of the most impactful periods in young people's lives. Our guests will share how they plan to progress and develop into adulthood after today's news. Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, the GigaCity Company, a philanthropic community partner since 1922 and proud supporter of numerous community organizations. More information at smithville.com. And School of Public Health Bloomington, public health reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life publichealth.indiana.edu. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times. And every year at this time on WFIU's Noon Edition, we talk with high school seniors about their future as they prepare to graduate from high school and move on to the next phase in their lives. And we have uh, four guests that are going to be joining us today in the studio, Richard Larimer from Harmony School and Simon Brooks from Harmony School are here, and Lizzie Jensen from Brown County High School is here, and we're expecting Shelby Newland from Bloomington High School South at any moment. Uh, we're not taking calls today, but you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. If you have any questions or comments that you want to throw in, our producer will bring them into the studio, and we will be able to uh, get your thoughts and your views on the air. Hey, welcome to Noon Edition. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. You guys ever been on the radio before? No, Never. Absolutely not. <laughs> One time. It's easy. Just a conversation. We're just going to be talking about uh, about life. Lizzie, I want to start with you. Uh, Elizabeth is your real name, but you yeah. go by Lizzie. Okay. Lizzie Jensen is from Brown County. So what are you planning on doing after graduation? And when is commencement? Uh, well, our graduation is actually uh, next week. And I'll, I'll be giving a speech. So, you know, anyone who wants to show up. I'll be there. We want um, to preview <laughs> that speech today. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, in the fall, I'll be attending Indiana University. Um, I'll be studying biology, and I think I'll probably add a pre-law track in there as well, just get a little something extra. <laughs> okay. Simon Brooks from Harmony? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be graduating tomorrow, actually, um, making a short speech. Uh, and this fall, I'm going to be enrolled in the uh, School of Informatics at IU. And I'm hoping to add some genetics into my degree. Okay. And Richard, Richard Larimer from Harmony. Um, I, as well, am also graduating uh, tomorrow. Um, I uh, will be attending IU uh, the fall 2018 semester. I've went ahead and deferred my enrollment because I've just enlisted in the Army National Guard. Uh, so um, I'll be shipping out to basic training in September. I figure if I'm going to miss that first uh, semester, might as well take the rest of it off anyway. Might, might as well. So give me a little background on your uh, your decision to join the National Guard. What what went into that? Um, mostly, uh, you know, a, a, a feeling um, uh, that that I've always want to serve my country. Um, that's the that's the biggest reason. Um, but I also wanted to give my education a priority. 
Uh, and so that's why I chose the National Guard over active duty, uh, which I considered for a while. Um, but the uh, the benefits uh, to my education, you know, with the Guard are uh, spectacular. You know, I get a full ride to um, Indiana University, um, as well as, uh, you know, just being able to attend the university while I'm still serving my country. Mm-hmm. It's kind of expensive to go to college these days. Do you guys have uh, scholarships that are available to you? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. The Brown County community was ridiculously generous, so I've gotten a lot of money from different organizations in Brown County. Um, I also have a $4,000 scholarship from IU, and because my dad works at IU, we get half-off tuition. So That's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Simon? Uh, I've got 21st Century Scholars, so that's mm-hmm. helping me pay for my tuition. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it might have been very difficult to make this possible. So uh, what what is tw- Can you describe 21st Century Scholars? Uh, it's a need-based scholarship for mm-hmm. uh, families who don't reach a certain amount of like uh, annual income, and so it helps students who reach a certain average and follow the procedures to get into college and don't break any laws. Uh, as long as they meet these requirements, uh, they can get a paid tuition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, uh, all three of you, it sounds like uh, community service is a part of what you've been involved with in Definitely. high school. Absolutely. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? The, and, and I guess, you know, I you're here as three individuals, so I don't want you to have, you're not generalizing for your entire generation or anything, <laughs> although if you want to you know, make some observations about your friends and the people that you, you've grown up with, um, how important is public service to you, Lizzie? Well, actually, to me personally, public service is extremely important. Um, I'm actually the president of the National Honor Society at my school, so we have a community service requirement uh, that we have to fulfill, and because of that, we usually do group service activities. Um, And we worked a lot with Habitat for Humanity this past year. And it's amazing because I think that a lot of times students don't realize how important service is until they're actually doing it. And watching people work for Habitat and see like the families that they're working with and watch them like their faces just light up when they see all of these kids helping build their house. Like was amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. How long How long have you been involved with Habitat? Oh, just this year. Just this, this is year? the first year I've worked with them, yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Okay. Oh, me. I, yeah, yeah, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> kind of pointed out. I would out. be next in the queue. <laughs> uh, so I've done a lot of um, volunteering with kids, daycaring, stuff like that. I have two younger siblings, so I like playing with children, uh, helping with conflict resolution. Um, I think it's a, a huge thing for community involvement, especially for those who uh, aren't aren't sure what they want to do or have an interest. And if they can find something in the volunteer field, there's usually people who are looking for volunteers that can help out. And if you can get involved in that kind of thing, you can make a lot of connections uh, to fields that you're interested in, as well as just finding out whether or not that's the thing for you. And it's, it's a great resource. Mm-hmm. Okay, Richard, how about you? Um, well... Simon and I, you know, we both go to Harmony School, which is, which uh, for those that don't know, um, is a is a very small private school. Um, to give you an idea how small it is, our high school is uh, sixty students. Our graduating class, um, around thirteen uh, people, seniors, and so uh, community for such a small school is is especially important. Um, and I think. Uh, they always try and instill a uh, sense of duty to to uh, both the Harmony community and the greater community. So um, there is for every student a uh, community service requirement, uh, certain hours you have to put in. And I actually think that most students probably put in more hours in a community service. Um, it's 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 less of uh, for most people it's less of um, you know trying to put in the hours to graduate um, and more of a uh, 
doing it out of that sense of duty to the community. So why, why was Harmony the best fit for you two? Oh, well, I actually came to Bloomington about mm, first grade. Mm-hmm. My parents wanted to enroll me in Harmony. Uh, it was the small uh, community sense that, that, that Harmony had. It, had. it has grades all the way from preschool up to high school and some 200 kids, all of us. So they liked that small feel as well as the community involvement mm-hmm. because we have a lot of, like, teachers and people from the community who teach classes and um, they thought that that was a really good way to not only like learn from your teachers but the town that you're around and so it really gives you a uh, a place to go after getting out of college because you've made these connections you know these people who are involved in the community who can help you down the path that you're looking for Mm -hmm. Uh, for me um uh, well, I, w- I was homeschooled before I started going to Harmony. I went to Harmony. I started Harmony in second grade. Um, and uh, so, you know, Harmony provided a nice sort of alternative to public school for my family. Um, and, uh, and and I think some of the great advantages about going to such a small school are, uh, you know, that close-knit community um, and that ability to sort of uh, drive your education in the direction that you want it to go. Um and uh, you know to work one on one with the teachers. You know, public school you, you have uh, you have uh, tons of students to you have very f- few um, teachers. Uh, whereas Harmony, it's a little more balanced. So you get that one on one time with the teacher, and uh, that you know again goes back to helping you um, sort of uh, uh, tailor your education to to your needs. So Lizzie. Um Richard mentioned that one-on-one time with teachers. Did you have a special teacher or a teacher that you were particularly close to at Brown County? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, my French teacher, her name is Hannah Newland. She, uh, she was my French teacher actually from eighth grade year until this year. This was my last year with her. And I have to say I cried on the last day of class <laughs> because, uh, you know, as programs go on like that and you keep like up a level every year, uh, you always lose students, I think, just it becomes too difficult or they become disinterested, whatever. And so this year, uh, the second semester, we had three students in our French five class. Um, and she just, she didn't care. I mean, she still taught us and like worked us just as hard as she would have if there were 30 students in that class. Mm-hmm. So she, I mean, she was just excellent. <laughs> so have you been to France? I have actually, only mm-hmm. for a very short period of time mm-hmm. uh, with my family. but. Mm-hmm. How, it was, it could was, you speak the language while you were there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're uh, joined now by Shelby Newland. Thank you, Shelby. Thanks for having me. Glad that you're here. Shelby's from Bloomington High School South. I asked the others um, what they were going to do when, when they graduate. I know your commencement is next weekend, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So what are you going to do when you finish? Um, I'm headed to a school in Georgia called Barry College, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to be studying English and education because I – have um, loved my English teacher so much, and I felt like it's a good fit for me. So I think that's what I'm going to be doing. So who's your English teacher? Um, my English teacher right now is named Mr. Rickerby. He's okay. a really fun guy. All right. I think in English courses, you just have so much room um, to really make it a special place for kids. Okay, so. now I have to say, those who read the Herald Times, we had a story about Shelby and her poetry in the newspaper. You want to talk about your your poetry and, and what you what you do with poetry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this past month, I had the privilege of going to Washington, D.C. to compete in the national finals of the Poetry Out Loud um, Poetry Recitation Competition. And that was just 
incredible. Um, so they have an anthology that you pick from and you recite three poems from it and there's a, um, like a scoring rubric that the judges fill out and everything. Um, and as much as I love the competitive aspect of it, my favorite part was just being surrounded by people who appreciate the beauty and power of words as much mm -hmm. as I do. So how did you get involved with poetry? I mean, I know there are a lot of people that probably just the idea of actually memorizing a poem is not the most fun thing to do. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> um, well, I like to write and perform my own poetry. And um, in looking for different outlets um, to perform my own stuff, I found this competition where we um, we recite other people's work. And it really, really deepened my own appreciation for poetry because poetry is a cool art that it's like the one art that more people are producing than consuming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, being able to really become a consumer of the art more and appreciate um, more deeply the work that people have done before me is, was a really interesting experience. Okay. You're listening to Noon Edition. We're talking, uh, I'm talking today with four students who are going to be graduating from high school. Uh, here in the next, within the next week, we have Richard Larimer and Simon Brooks from Harmony, Lizzie Jensen from Brown County High School, and Shelby Newland from Bloomington High School South. Uh, our phones are not going to be in, in uh, operation today, but you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition if you want to send in a question or a comment um, or just a pat on the back. To one of these students, you can do that by going to at Noon Edition. So, you know, as I said before, uh, you're not really re – you're representatives in a way of your generation, but we know that everybody's different, you know, and, and you've got a lot of people that um, aren't like you and whatnot. But what if, – if you think about, you know, the millennials and the generation that you're growing up in, what do you think is most misunderstood about you? Gosh, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, that's, we're going to the big questions now. <laughs> I think that a lot of times people tend to associate millennials with, um, I don't really know how to phrase it. Like they associate millennials with softness and not like standing their ground as much as I think, you know, older generations do. That's something I've seen a lot of times like, oh, well, you know, you're you're young. You were You were born later, so you don't really know yet. But that's not really true because, I mean, I know that I've seen students in my school and students around the world who are my age who really just stand up for what they believe in and don't care what other people think. And that's really a misconception that kind of hurts a lot of people, I think, because mm -hmm. they think, oh, well, everyone else thinks that I'm small, so I should be small. Mm -hmm. Okay. Simon? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I have seen a lot of uh, classmates, uh, friends of mine who really, uh, they, they find something and something they're passionate about or something that they believe in, uh, a cause they'll, they'll join, they'll join like marches. They'll start, start like have being an active member of like a website or doing calls. They just want to be become involved in what they, what they believe in. And I think that uh, anyone who who notices this, they can find a great resource in kids that are passionate at a young age. Mm -hmm. So, okay, Richard. Um, well, I, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, I think older generations don't take millennials as seriously um, when they when whenever millennials begin to work. Uh, 
like you know actually you at a job or whatever you know and I think um, I think part of the reason for that uh, is because millennials often have uh, a very different idea of how things should be done than older generations and that causes a bit of friction um, in uh, different you know job industries so for my senior project I explored uh, the museum industry and uh, and um, what effect younger generations are going to have on uh, the museum industry. And, you know, there's, there's uh, I, think, I think in a lot of ways, um, millennials have a, a more open mind or they're open to new ideas, which uh, tend to shake up industries that, uh, you know, get kind of caught in a rut of, uh, of doing the same thing uh, the same way, the same process over and over and over again for, uh, you know, years and years and years. And so... Uh, yeah, I, I think that because of that, um, we're not always taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't let anybody just say to you, you know, we've always done it that way. Don't let them get away with that. Shelby? Um, I think the millennial generation is often characterized as the, the selfie generation. <laughs> and, um, you know, that carries a heavy, heavy connotation of, of selfishness, of, of self-centeredness. And, I mean, I, uh, when I look at my peers, I don't see that. I mean, obviously, we have all these new social spheres um, through social media and things that allow us to see the world only from our own perspective and see it only in relation to ourselves and not ourselves in relation to the world. But um, I see so much, so much selflessness in my peers. And um, the rate of, of, of philanthropy in millennials is really, really high, like higher than our parents' generation. And um, even though like a shrinking job market has left a lot of millennials with a lot less to give, they're still giving. Um, The world is getting simultaneously bigger and smaller, (laughs) it seems, but um, millennials have their eye on the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how you can do that. And how people can see millennials doing that and call them selfish like that. Do you think um, in a way it's because of technology? You know, the world has – you talk about the world is getting bigger. I mean, Mm numbers-wise, obviously, population. But it's also getting smaller because it's easy to converse with somebody from anywhere in the world and to find out what's going on anywhere in the world. I mean, how much do you think technology has had to do with this idea of, uh, you know, your generation being able to really view the world in in a much broader way? Um, technology does change how we view and interact with other people. We can't ignore that it does that. Um, it creates a lot of echo chambers. It creates a lot of space where we can shout ourselves out into the void and only hear ourselves coming back, um, which can be dangerous because it, um, sometimes we forget how to respect people who disagree with us Mm -hmm. and how to, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I see in, in millennials sometimes um, principles, the line between principles and self-righteousness um, being kind of towed just because we um, haven't been really exposed to a lot of different ideas okay. yet. And, but we'll get there. <laughs> right. And with the Internet, like you were saying, I think it's a lot easier to hide behind a screen, too. And that adds to the selfishness thing because... You know, if someone says something mean to you online and you type a response, it's different than saying it to their face. Mm-hmm. And that really adds to the culture of, oh, well, millennials are selfish. They, they don't know what they're saying half the time. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything to add to this uh, on technology and 
you know, how that's changing things? Well, I guess technology as a form of connection, yes, it's, it's definitely easy to uh, put yourself behind like a username, not use your real name, have this, this false identity where you can say anything you want and the consequences are limited. Um, but at the same time, that can be a very helpful resource for those who, you know, normally wouldn't be, would be too shy to express an opinion that they've had. A lot of people who maybe don't feel like their opinions are valued enough uh, in their, their community or their school um, suddenly are able to find others who share that kind of idea and they're able to, you know, flourish on something that they didn't think that others uh, some shared with them, sort of interests or like schools of thought that that uh, might have uh, been, you know, just forgotten had that had they not had somebody else to, you know, mm-hmm. converse with on that or support them. Mm-hmm. Richard, you know, I think is uh, for all of its disadvantages, you know, and, and all the conflicts that technology causes. Um, I don't, I don't think, you know. I, w- I would never give it up because because uh, it, it creates so many great opportunities um, for everybody. Um, and and as um, she was mentioning earlier about you know, you know millennials having our eyes um, on the world, not just you know in our, our in our personal sphere. Um, you know I think technology is part of the reason for that. Um, technology makes us global citizens because all of a sudden you know I'm able to connect with people half a world away. Um, or, or I know what's happening in a different country because, uh, you know, of technology, right? And so, and I, I think that makes us care more about the rest of the world. Well, that, that leads me to, a, you know, a natural follow-up on how you guys perceive politics, which is very divisive. And, you know, we're in a, we're in a and I can, I can say from my years of experience, we're in a political um, situation now that I've never seen in this country in terms of the divisiveness and and a lot of the divisiveness is over you know do we sort of turn inward and be a little bit more national or do we turn outward and try to solve the world's problems how do you guys see politics today it's interesting that you say that because I think turning inward almost because of technology is almost not an option anymore because I mean if you look outside of our country and you look at, say, France's recent election, that was almost a mirror image of our election, just with a different result. <laughs> um, so if if you only look at America, if you use that, um, just looking only at us and not looking at everyone else, then you kind of lose that advantage that technology is giving us and you're only getting the problems that come with it. Mm-hmm. Shelby? Um, I'm on my school's newspaper staff, and right before the election, I wrote a little um, story just on first-time voters' disillusionment um, because, I mean, they weren't in love with either candidate, and they saw this election cycle as just this wild frenzy. There was so much um, kind of dirty playing, and it, it was just a mess. So I think a lot of young voters um, in the leading up to this election were somewhat um, disillusioned, but have really become impassioned. Um, so my view on politics is that you have to listen to people. I mean, we can't. We have to reject this um, 140 characters view of the world. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that um, people have their reasons for voting the way they do, and if we 
listen to them instead of just telling ourselves what we think someone else's reason is, um, we'll get to know other people a lot better. We'll um, restore the respect for other people that sometimes it feels has been uh, lost in this kind of tumultuous um, political atmosphere. And that uh, it sort of goes back to the echo chamber that you're talking about. Absolutely. Right? It's something I, I believe really strongly about. I see uh, so many of my peers, um, passionate, intelligent people who never get outside their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I think that they could grow so much if they did. Mm -hmm. Richard? Uh, well, you know, going back to what you were saying about uh, you know whether whether we should turn our eyes outward towards the world or if we need to like turn a little more inwards. Um, you know, I've I've been always sort of uh, of the idea that you need to you need to be able to help yourself before you help others. You know, that's 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 kind of that's I, I've been of that mentality. That being said, though, um, uh, I I believe that you know currently we're we're too involved in the rest of the world. To, to be able to do that, you know? Um, so, so whether, whether turning inward um, is the right choice for our country or not, uh, the reality of the situation is, is that we can't, we, we can't do that, at least not completely, you know? Uh, because what matters over there matters over here now. Um, and, and it goes back to that technology thing, you know, that, that plays a big role in that. Mm -hmm. And uh, back to the, the, the people who were disillusioned by their, you know, first time to, to vote or those who had been long time voting, uh, a lot of people, you know, voted one way or another and then didn't really feel like that uh, supported their actual opinions. So they'd, you know, talk with others and they'd start backing up what their actual opinions were. And the internet is really a connection for people who really had extra to say. It wasn't just a black and white, one or the other. They had other opinions that they didn't really feel were supported. And it really, it kind of sparked a lot of people who who really saw this as a time to like uh, start a discussion on what they wanted to see happening in politics. And I think that a lot of people became more active in that mm -hmm. since the election. We're going to keep talking about this topic and some others after we take a short break. Uh, I'm Bob Salzberg on Noon Edition. We're t I'm talking with four students from area high schools. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, online at smithville.com and IU School of Public Health Bloomington online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state each day. You can read news throughout the day as it's posted on our website at wfiunews.org and you can pick up a digest of all the top stories. It's like a newspaper delivered to your inbox each weekday afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of not only the headlines, but also the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org.
Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, and I'm talking today with Richard Larimer and Simon Brooks, both from Harmony School, as well as Lizzie Jensen from Brown County High School and Shelby Newland from Bloomington High School South, talking about uh, what's on these guys' minds. That's what we're talking about today. You can't uh, give us a call today, but you can contact us on Twitter at Noon Edition if you want to uh, get in a comment or a question. I want to follow up. We're talking about about politics, and I'm going to, you know, and um, Shelby is a, a newspaper reporter. I'm a newspaper editor. You guys are consumers of news. I want to talk a little bit about the whole idea of truth and how you find truth and the facts. I mean, this has been a big issue this year, much more so, and I, I'm telling you, from my years of experience, much more so than in the past, where it seems like um, the facts sometimes just don't matter to people. Can you guys react to that? How do you find the truth? <laughs> That's well, a big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, unless you're unless you're there on the spot, you really just have to take it from other people. And so, the the greatest way, and it's it's it takes a little bit of work. But if you really want the truth, you've got to take it from a lot of different sources. Because, I mean, unless you're there, it you could have many many people say the wrong thing, and you wouldn't know. But you just have to trust that that's the truth. So, you've got to put a little bit of extra research in if you're trying to trying to get that uh, genuine truth out of there. Mm-hmm. Speaking, uh, kind of, you know, building off of that a little, yeah, you got to, nowadays it feels like you have to take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that um, that uh, sort of fact-checking and that uh, multiple sources is really important. Um, and then... Uh, and then even after that, you don't know 100% what's, what's, what's true and what's not, even after you've gone to those multiple sources. So I think um, uh, a lot of... A lot of what we, you know, view as truth is uh, is opinion, opinion based off of the information that we've been given. Mm-hmm. Shall we? Um, into the kind of nitty gritty of like, how do you find specific? <laughs> <laughs> I um, stay away from opinion writing. Yeah. I just, um, and it's sometimes it can be hard because you you'll be like scrolling um, through the internet and you'll see a headline that captures your attention because it's strongly opinionated. I stay away from those because um, when you start to consume a lot of um, highly opinionated media, sometimes it starts to be presented as fact. Um, So I tend to try to gather information that's just stated plainly for my own opinion. And then I have several people in my life who are a little bit smarter than I am, (laughs) um, but who typically perceive um, information a little bit different differently from me. So Mm -hmm. we have um, different views of it. So it's kind of like getting an opinion writer, but someone that I can talk to face to face, have a real conversation with. I think that's important that we all identify people in our lives who disagree with us, but who we can civilly talk things out with. Because I learned so much more from people who I disagree with than from people I agree with. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting, you know, we've had this whole concept of fake news or, you know, something along those lines, which really, I mean, there's no such thing as fake news. There's just opinion writing. And sometimes people will twist the truth <laughs> to make it seem alternative a little facts. Yeah, <laughs> alternative <laughs> facts, something a little bit more uh, useful to them. And that's something that you really just have to, even if you don't stay away from it, you have to understand that it's not necessarily the whole truth 
and nothing but the truth. <laughs> yeah, as, as an opinion writer, I can tell you <laughs> that uh, I, I think the best opinions are based on facts. I mean, you have to you have to lay out your case, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like being a lawyer in some ways. You lay out your case, and you hope that you people will, will share your your perspective or your point of view. But uh, be very very cautious about this. I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, so. I think it was uh, Simon. Did you go to Japan for your senior project? Yes, I did yeah. for two months. So talk about that a little bit, being in Japan. And what did you learn being uh, you know, in another country for a couple of years? Oh, I learned a lot of things. Uh, when I went there, I prepared mostly by, uh, well, of course, fundraising a lot and studying like several culture books, uh, as well as my father is a great resource. Uh, he went in high school for a foreign exchange program and then went to study Japanese in in IU and then got a job that's that's partly based in Japan. So he's been going back there every once in a while. But I wanted to study the culture so I didn't accidentally make any like social taboos. Um, and then once I got there, I only knew a few phrases really <laughs> of Japanese and both the host families that I stayed with didn't know almost any English. <laughs> so it was definitely a challenge. It was definitely a challenge. Uh, a lot of speaking through hands, which was still difficult because a lot of the the hand signs or body language don't transfer. And it was really just fascinating to me seeing the many differences that like basic, uh, basic everyday life and communication has between American culture and Japanese culture because they they grew up very, very uh, isolated for a long period of time. And they developed their own uh, methods of communicating with each other, like honorifics, how they address each other, um, and just basic, basic conversation and communication, which is amazing. Uh, aside from that, I also study different uh, forms of artwork, like calligraphy, um, writing, and I study. I volunteered at a temple studying Buddhism, and I also did archery. Which was which was a lot of fun. So, I I would say, and and again, I'm going to sort of open this up to all of you. But uh, we've talked a little bit about this connection with the world and the globe that you all have. It seems like your your generation. I'm making a blanket statement here, but more than any other, has opportunities to travel. And, and I think that all of you are a little bit fortunate. And I know we go out to, uh, I don't know how many counties, but 30, 40, 50 counties around Indiana. But Monroe County, Brown County, it's, a, it's an area around here because of the university probably where there are even more international opportunities. How, how important is that to all of you, these international opportunities you, you might have? Astronomically. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, other cultures are just so interesting and it's so cool to have opportunities even if you are unable to actually travel to those countries to be able to you know online connect with people like I have friends on the internet who are from France who are from Switzerland you know people who I never would have been able to connect with otherwise and it's just so cool to me that we can talk through the web to people just with completely different cultural understandings and who's, you know, like you said, their mannerisms are completely different. And you can just really learn a lot that way, I think, more mm-hmm. than you could learn in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Anybody else want to address that? Well, I think, you know, because of the university, we're like super fortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because we have a lot of opportunities to travel out of the country, but also we have a lot of opportunities to interact with people 
from other countries. You know, IU has a high population of foreign students. Um, so, so even in you know your your basic classes, you know, you might you might have uh, you know a, a, a variety of people from a variety of different places. Um, and uh, I, I think that's really important because you. I think you always. It's 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 interesting being in classes with people from different countries uh, because you, they learn a little bit different or they do things just a little bit different, you know, and that can really influence the way that you interpret the information. Uh, and I think you, you end up getting a lot more out of uh, those classes. Mm-hmm. Richard, I want to follow up with you because, you know, as you said earlier, you're going to be joining the National Guard yeah. and that's uh, something that, uh, you know, I have the utmost respect for you for, <laughs> oh, for you. doing that. It's an interesting interesting choice that not a lot of students your age make. What kind of reaction have you gotten from your peers? Um, well, I was actually surprised, uh, you know, and, and this is this is a bit of a this is a bit of a blanket statement as well. But but um, a lot of, you know, a lot of the people that I know tend to be um, uh very, very liberal. And so I was actually worried about, um, you know, a lot of pushback from the people that I know in the community about my choice to join the military. But I actually, um, that I got a, a lot of support, um, which I thought was really incredible, you know. Um, so yeah, the Harmony community has been uh, super supportive. Uh, most of the teachers have been uh, super supportive of my decision. Um, you know, everybody's everybody's encouraged me to do it intelligently, you know, make sure I'm going in for the right reasons. Um, and make sure that I'm mentally prepared uh, for uh, for the challenges, um, you know, in in the potential risks of my life, um, in the lives uh, of those around me, you know. So so even though you know the the great thing was even though everybody you know everybody's supportive, you know, uh, they they also were there. There was just that right amount of criticism, you know, and there was that right amount of uh, of. Um, I know, yeah, that criticism that that helped me um, uh, consider some things I hadn't considered before joining, and I think I actually joined um, more intelligently and uh, with a clearer picture of what I was going to be doing um, than I think a lot of people have going into the military. I think what you said, what you just said, is really um, very consistent with what, what a lot of the conversation has been about how you need to listen to other various opinions Definitely. about what you're yeah. doing and then learn from those opinions. Um, I want to. Uh, I guess change gears a little bit and talk about what you're thinking about heading into college now. The the all three of the three of you who are going right away, and then Richard, you'll be going in a year. I mean, what are your uh, you know what are your expectations for for going into school? What what do you hope that you know if if you're sitting here with me four years from now talking about your <laughs> you know your senior year in college, and that would be a great program to have. Maybe we should. <laughs> planet right now. Um, you know, what What do you hope that you are going to learn? What are your expectations? Shelby, I want to start with you. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> really, I'm not completely sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, so much of it is unmapped that I just, and unstructured at this point, that I hope it's just a, a huge journey of personal growth. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. who I'm going to be at the end of four years, but... Um, I'm excited. The place I'm going is a lot different from Bloomington. Uh-huh. It's just a little little old place in, in Georgia. <laughs> so um, it could be a little bit of a culture shock, but um, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. There's no right answer to this. Yeah. Natural. <laughs> There's probably not even a good answer to this. No, there are all good answers. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean it that way. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about it sounds like you're going to go in and just see what happens. And, yeah. Uh, what, did you say what your major is? Going yes. To be? I'm kind of hoping to double major at this point in English and secondary education. Okay. Um, and so one of the reasons that I'm not sure how that's going to play is because I just I really don't know if that's um, what I'm going to stick with. But it's been something um that I have so admired mm-hmm. in in all of the wonderful teachers that I've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of you? Which one? Which one of you wants to go next? I guess me. All right, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> so I got some great advice from people who are close to me who just said that explore whatever you're interested in, and don't let anyone tell you that it's going to be too challenging. If all, as long as you're into it. Try to make it happen. Do it and and experience as much as you can. I was also told that you know, make as many connections as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, g- good connections, friends, people who are involved in things that you're interested in will be very helpful uh, once you once you get out of college because a, a degree can help you get a job, but so much more. Uh, <laughs> it helps so much more to get uh, a recommendation from somebody who who has some kind of like foothold in that in that place that you're trying to explore. So. Mm-hmm. Lizzie? And, you know, being asked what you want out of college is always kind of a scary question because I think a lot of people are like Shelby in that they don't really know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm definitely one of those people. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I'm absolutely sure of is that I want to study abroad. That's why it's interesting to me that we're, you know, discussing tra- travel and world politics and stuff mm-hmm. like that because I definitely would love to live overseas for a while. I think that that would be an excellent way to learn and make connections uh, while still finding something new every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I want to move on now to uh, just talk about, I'm going to back up a little bit for high school. I mean, what <laughs> what, are, what are some things that, that, you know, you think that maybe you would have done differently if you could turn the clock back four years? Are there things you would have done differently in high school or did things go perfectly you know like according to <laughs> according to plan oh gosh Shelby? oh i had such an interesting high school experience so i went into high school and i was just like i was a jock like i i just that's all i did i just played sport after sport after sport after sport and then um my junior year i kind of kind of switched things up i i did theater i did um the newspaper i got really into um, pottery, <laughs> which um, it was just so funny to see such a huge change in trajectory. Like I still play um, lacrosse, but I'm not like a three-sport athlete, and that's all I do. Um, and that that was just so interesting to me, the fact that you can kind of uproot yourself at any point and try anything you want to. And I don't think I would change anything about high school. What, was there was there anything that precipitated that change for you, or did you just say, I'm kind of tired of this, I'm going to try Oh, that. yeah. I had um, – yeah, I just had like a little bit of a rough patch, like every every sixteen year old does, right? And I was like, maybe it's time to just switch things up. <laughs> uh, okay. How about you guys from Harmony. Uh, well, I you know it, it's funny that you mentioned you know that you said uh, you know would you would you not change anything because everything went perfect? Well, I don't know if I would change anything, but it's because everything didn't go perfect, you know? And I think that's, I think that's actually really important. You know, high school is never, 
never what you know TV makes it look like. Uh, and so, and then there there are a lot of challenges. There are a lot of struggles. You know, uh, both uh, you know edu- you know uh, academically, but also socially. Um, and uh, I think that's those it's those struggles and those uh, difficulties that we face in high school that really shape the people that we are now. You know, looking back, I'm not even close to the same person I was freshman year, you know? And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even talk to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm uh, as, 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 I guess, as uh, crappy as some of those uh, experience, experiences were in high school, you know, I want to trade them for anything because it, it shaped the person um, that I am. And that, that kind of goes to the whole college thing, too. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that through college, you know, in another four years, I'm going to be you know, an even better version of myself, I guess. Okay. Simon, you want to add? Yeah, no. Uh, Richard has a great point there. I think that I've seen myself, especially because Harmony is such a small community, I've, ex- I've uh, socialized with my entire, my entire high school, as well as a lot of the younger kids. And I can't say that I really have any negative emotions towards anyone. And, but... Though I am able to keep up a conversation, I'm able to socialize with pretty much anyone, those people who have experienced some kind of emotional turmoil, I've gotten to know them a little bit better, those are the ones that I've held more dear to me later in my life. And as, as much as I, I feel like I would, I would strike up anyone for a conversation, those are people that going further on in life, going into college, those are the people that I really want to uh, make sure that I continue to see because because we we have these we had these these moments together that I really remember and I I think that we've learned more about each other and that we 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 share more in common I think that that's that's important to me okay that was Simon Brooks from Harmony School I want to remind our <coughs> our listeners so Simon's here Richard Larimer from Harmony is here uh, Lizzie Jensen from Brown County High School and Shelby Newland from Bloomington High School South and I'm talking to them about their High school experience, what they're looking forward to in college. If you have a quick comment, you want to send it to us on Twitter at Noon Edition. We still have about 10 minutes to go, and we can probably slide that in. So I'm going to ask you a few more of those great big global questions. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in the, um, in the adult world of government, I'm thinking about the state legislature, Congress, those kind of places, do a lot of hand-wringing about education these days and what's going on in in public schools, where there should be vouchers, you know, what what would you tell people that are policymakers about, you know, your experiences in school? Are there, is there, are there things that, you know, about education today that you think really need to be changed or you think people should maybe worry a little bit less about what's happening? I think that if I could tell them anything, I would say visit a public school. Mm. I mean, <laughs> visit a public school for, for like, more than a day. For more yeah. than a day, for like a week before you make any sort of decision because – I think that a lot of times they lose that perspective and when they don't, they just see a mass of people who need education and they don't understand like the nitty gritty of public schools and what really goes on there. What's what's one thing that goes on there that you would tell them is really something they should know about? Um, well, this is kind of going in a different direction a little okay. bit, but I think a lot of times our uh, <clears throat> anti-bullying programs mm-hmm. really leave something to be desired. Um, they don't really cover exactly what happens mm-hmm. <laughs> in public schools. And I think that, you know, having people come in and witness firsthand, like, 
oh, it's not necessarily pushing a kid down and taking his lunch money. It's, you know, saying something really offensive in passing or even in a classroom and then with no, like, punishment or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay, thanks. Shall we? One thing I would say, you asked, what's one thing we would, like, tell policymakers is, um, or one thing I hope that they would notice about high schools is that it matters when teachers have experience. And it matters that the retention rate of teachers um, is 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 becoming lower, because um, I would tell them you need to invest in the teachers because the teachers are the one investing in the kids. Um, it's I the voucher system. Um, I the project school in, in I've been working in the project school and it's. Um, downtown in Bloomington, they are a charter school, but they're not like a private school or anything. So um, voucher money, you sh- we shouldn't be taking money out of our public schools. I think that's really, that's just a bottom line for me, to service five of these kids and take away resources from 50 of these kids. It's just um, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the teachers are the ones investing in the kids and we need to invest in the teachers is kind of my bottom line. Okay, thanks. You guys, you both go to private a private school, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think Simon would agree with me that our uh, that our experience has been really unique compared to you know uh, these two girls because we, we do go to a private school, and so um, some of those issues that affect public schools they don't affect our school. You know, we don't have a huge issue with bullying. We don't have a huge issues. We 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 don't face a lot of those issues that are on the mind of legislators. So it's, it's a little difficult for I think both of us to speak to it. But you know, that being said, I think that if I were to um, you make a comment on uh, government surrounding you know education, is uh, you know, the people working in government tend to be a little older. And so <laughs> our, our school experiences are, are vastly different than theirs. And uh, I would encourage uh, anybody working in the government uh, that's looking at uh, education um, to uh, talk to students, you know, because, because they're, again, you know, their, their experiences are going to be so much different than, you know, what they experienced uh, 30, 40 years ago. All right. We have about, we only have about three or four minutes to go. So I want to, want to, I'm going to throw out a question, but you guys can go whatever direction you want because <laughs> we don't have that much time. But, uh, you know, what are you the most optimistic about when you think about the future? And, and are there things you're pessimistic about or really worried about? Uh, I like to think that our generation is one of the more open-minded generations that, you know, like looking back at what people who are older uh, think nowadays versus looking at, you know, youth now, you often see this huge divide, like we were talking about earlier, uh, between opinions. And I'd like to think that as we grow older, we will keep that open-mindedness. And when we see our youth of the future, uh, we can accept what they think and maybe become a more accepting society. Okay, thank you. Simon? Uh, I like to think that because there's such a connection amongst people, the internet and uh, so forth, it was especially because we, or at least myself and so many of us here are going to be going to IU and it's got a great cultural uh, group of people and we, we, we make a lot of connections and I think with this, with, with the internet and with a lot of people around, as long as you put yourself out there, I, I feel like I can be confident that I'll be able to find somebody I can connect to wherever I go. And that, that's really encouraging, especially with like people who, as they move on in life, they find different careers that take them in different directions. They find 
their pursuits bring them further and further away. But as long as I can, I can find people, I put myself out there. I think that it's possible, and I like that. Okay, Richard. Um, I, I'm feeling really optimistic about the effect my generation is going to have on the world. You know, uh, I, I see a lot of even at this point uh, when we're so young, I see a lot of uh, you know innovative ideas, um, both you know socially and technologically. And uh, I'm excited to see some of those uh, flourish and um, and become the norm. Uh, I'm a little pessimistic about uh, how how this last generation is going to react to those changes and and if they are going to um, be acceptive. I'm, I'm worried there's going to be some conflict there. Um, but, I mean, uh, like the older generation. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. But uh, but I don't think I don't think it's anything you know that we're gonna you know we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to handle. Okay, Shelby. Um, I'm optimistic because um, I think I'm I'm become someone that I think my mom is really proud of. I think I think if I can go through my whole life and be like, my mom is really proud of me right now, because <laughs> we can't. We all want to change the world, but really, most of us can only change the little world around us, and um, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to taking my small realistic steps to making the world a better place because I think if we all started to do that we could make a lot of good in the world okay we're really out of time I want to <laughs> I want to I want to thank you all it's been a fantastic it's been my my honor to be here with all four of you today Shelby Newland from Bloomington High School South Elizabeth Lizzie Jensen from Brown County High School Simon Brooks from Harmony School, Richard Larimer from Harmony School. Congratulations to all of you on your upcoming graduation and good luck to you in the future. Uh, for producer Ryan DiBattista, engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from School of Public Health Bloomington. Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. publichealth.indiana.edu and Smithville Fiber, the Gigacity Company. Fiber Internet, HD, and digital IPTV in Southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com.